Hey dads, you're listening to Abba Father Podcast, where we discuss how the Bible and theology informs and equips us as parents. We believe that the more we learn about our Heavenly Father and apply His teaching, the better it makes us as dads. Every episode, we dive into real-life parenting, zoom out and look at God, His Word, and His actions, and then zoom back in to find an application that we can use today to make us better fathers. Find a digital and appropriately socially distanced community of dads just like you at facebook.com slash Podcast. Also, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt, in my home safely away from everyone in Hollister, Missouri. I'm Brando. Hi. You're farther away, so it took you longer. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a different time zone, so it takes a full hour. Sorry. Yeah. I'm Brando. I am here in South Bend, Indiana, safe and sound. Tell the world who you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm Cameron, and I'm in Rockaway Beach, Southwest Missouri, also safe in the house. And today we're going to talk about what's outside of our house, coronavirus. Dun, dun, dun. I don't have a story, so I'll let you guys. Then you can't. Then you can't talk right now. You can't participate. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, you go first, and then I'll give my story. All right. Okay, so uh, COVID nineteen. It is April sixteenth when we're recording, and we are now week five at home. So right around spring break, so the second week of March. Um, everything just started to intensify around the country. And so we've been in the house for five weeks. My wife's a school teacher, so school's been uh, canceled for the rest of the school year. So it's been a, a major shift uh, this virus has brought to our to our family, to our home. And thankfully, we live in a county that has been um, fortunate not to have many uh, cases and not many deaths. Uh, so but it has changed our lives. Lucas, my four-year-old, uh, has been mostly himself. He's lacked the structure. You know, he goes to a Christian daycare normally, and so it's been a little transition for him to be home every day. Um, but like I said, it's been five weeks now, so we're kind of getting used to being home um, and the routine of home. But, you know, we've told him that there is a sickness going around, and there's a couple times that he's asked about that. But we've just reiterated to him that right now, in order to be safe and to keep others safe, that we aren't going to school and that we're not having our normal church gatherings. And um, he's he's pretty level, so he's not been arguing or fighting about it. The worst part for him has been a lot of our other church families live in our neighborhood. And so he normally gets to see those neighborhood friends uh, every week, multiple days. And so it's been tough for him not to see his friends. Um, and of course, our little one, he's oblivious to everything in the world. He's just started walking yesterday. So that's where we're at with him. But yeah, it's it's brought quite a transition uh, to our lives. But we are so thankful to be um, healthy and safe. It's been uh, a little bit of a transition from my family, but not too much. Quest is definitely missing her family, and we haven't been, you know, going to see her grandparents. 
Um, so she's missing them. But for the most part, our routine's been kept up to date because I work in healthcare and the daycare is for healthcare workers. So they've stayed open. So I get to bring her to school. But I've kind of caught myself recently because I was listening to the radio and podcasts about coronavirus, trying to like stay up to date with, you know, medical evidence and different things. And Quest has been hearing all that. So most of the days that I'm driving her around, she hears, she hears coronavirus, she hears infection, she hears death, she hears all these, the, you know, the words and the, the, the things that are going around. And, um, so, you know, basically I knew she was hearing it. I knew that she knew what it was. So, um, I just said, it was earlier this week when I was driving, I said, Hey Quest, what do you think about this coronavirus thing? And she goes, it's bad. People are dying. They're getting sick. And I said, you know, God created the coronavirus, right? She said, yeah, God created everything. And I said, God's using this season in our lives for a purpose. Daddy is going to work to, you know, try and help with this. And there's a lot of people that are getting sick and dying. And that is really sad and hard. But we are here to help those people and share God's love with them. And she said, yeah, and if they die, they get to go and be with Jesus. And I said, yeah, that's true for some people, and for some it's not. And so that raises even more importance for us to share God's love with them, because we have a heightened awareness that our world is fragile, and our people are fragile and mortal. And this really brings it up to a, a, a really a, a head that we, we know that this is definitely um, a truth. And since that is the reality, we got to, you know, fight even harder. It kind of reminds us of that. So I've been doing my very best to not allow her to hear the sensationalism and the hype and the hysteria and just having really just down-to-earth conversations with her because I think as as I role model that for her, if I'm anxious and I'm fearful and I'm all hyped up, she will definitely pull that from me. So that was kind of the reason that I had it just a a non-sensational conversation with her because I think that's where that's where we are. There isn't anything magical about how to talk to them. Just bring, make it real, you know? I mean, I guess the way it's affected our family is pretty minimal. Um, we're a homeschool family. Um, so the kids don't get to go to the library like they normally do or play dates and... Um, different outings to the park and all that kind of thing. That's, that's been a change. My, my oldest Asher is kind of mad that he, he doesn't get to see his buddy Mondo. Uh, and, uh, but other than that, what a cool name. Yeah. I want to meet this kid. <laughs> he's, he's pretty cool. His name's Armando, but everybody calls him Mondo. But, uh, it's, um, yeah, for us, you know, I'm working at the church, so I'm working from home most days, which that has been different. Um, mm-hmm. But the kids and and Marianne's life hasn't changed much. Yeah. Uh, and so um, the kids, Asher asks me regularly, is coronavirus over? <laughs> <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> and, and it's like, because he just wants to go hang out with Mondo. He doesn't really mm-hmm. care about uh, all those things, but, um, yeah, we have, we've had some talks with them about, you know, why, why aren't we going different places and why can't we do these things? And, 
Um, and yeah, we've, we've been, um, just having those non-sensational conversations about, you know, there's a sickness going around and, um, people are just being really careful so we don't spread it to people that, uh, that it can make them really sick. And, um, that's about all we're, we've been, we, we haven't, like I said, our, our lives haven't been altered a whole lot so we haven't had to have a lot of conversations so far Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i think that's good thought of you know we have been trying to keep the the more sensational crazy commentaries away from our kiddos ears because uh we have some friends with some interesting conspiratorial thoughts about all of these things (laughs) And, uh, but I before we, we get into that, point. yeah, <laughs> before we get into that, God has a lot to say about coronavirus. Agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. So let's see if the Bible has something to say, and if what we are talking to our kids about is the right thing. That's good. I like that idea. This is yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> Transition song. <laughs> Need a symbol sound in reverse. That's the. That's cool. God's word does have a lot to say. Um, it can speak um, such uh, truth that is timeless and ageless through generations, through uh, viruses, plagues, wars, um, everything that has happened under the sun. God's word remains, and it is our anchor, and it is steadfast for us. And so one um, passage that I'm actually walking through on our Wednesday night Bible study for my church has been the book of Romans chapter 8. I just went to that uh, right at the onset of um, this pandemic, and we're just going through it verse by verse together. And this last Wednesday, uh, we were in verses 18 through 25. So we talked about um, creation, longing for redemption, but we we spent a lot of time on verse 18 that says, uh, for I consider that, uh, that the present sufferings Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And I, and I broke that down a little bit to uh, explain that our future glory is twofold. And I even talked a little bit uh, about this to Lucas at dinner tonight and the fact that we have such a great future glory to look forward to in one hand is the resurrection of our bodies. So that when, uh, those get those who get sick and die, or get old and die, or just uh, folks who die who know the Lord are with Jesus. And he um, immediately started naming a couple people very dear to him uh, that have died, that he knows have died, and those are with Jesus. And so that was a sweet moment of him 
confessing that truth. And then also the new heaven and new earth. So I described to him that when Jesus comes back, this incredible glory to look forward to um, helps to keep us grounded. And so we know that whatever we face here, um, we're anchored in that hope um, in Christ, that no matter what we, what we suffer through presently, and we've all kind of admitted that, um, you know, Matt, you are on the front lines, but, you know, God's, God's grace and mercy, we haven't been affected by this as some other communities in our nation and the world have. And even they can say who know Christ that um, the, their present sufferings are not worth comparing with the incredible glory uh, that is to come. So whenever I was thinking about how does God talk to us about coronavirus, well, there's a lot of parts in the Bible that are um, specifically focused on, you know, how we deal with suffering, how when bad things happen, you know, I'm thinking of like Job or the exile, there's there's things that happen in our lives that just seem bad. They seem evil. They seem off. And with coronavirus, there's people that are suffering. There's people that are afraid. There's misinformation going around. There's people that claim to have wisdom, but they do not. And it's causing fear and anxiety. And there is real suffering and real pain. There's real sickness and death that is happening right now. But I think what's encouraging is verses like Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart. In God's word, we can find comfort. His word is a rock that we can stand firm on despite the fragility of this world. And it reminds us of our mortality and how fragile this world is and how solid the rock of God is. And we know that he speaks directly to us in these circumstances and in these situations because of his word in the Bible. And Psalm 34 reminds us, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. One who is righteous has many adversaries, but the Lord rescues him from them all. We can be confident that the Lord is rescuing us. Though we are surrounded by death, by fear, by misinformation, He rescues us from the, uh, them all. And He is near to us, the brokenhearted. He saves those that are crushed in spirit. And that led me to, Cameron, what you were talking about, Romans 8, 835. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or coronavirus separate us from the love of Christ? No. None of those things can separate us, can alter that rock that's that's below us. So our Father guides us with comforting words, with words that help us when things are sweet and when things are bitter. And we need to do the same for our children. But here's the harder part is that the question, what words can we use to comfort our kids? Is it false hope? Is it claiming to have wisdom, but we don't? Is it giving them, taking the real information and not, or just not sharing it with them? The answer to that question is what can give them comfort? It's the word of God. Give them the same rock that we have. I think a challenge which I need to follow through on is let's find a verse that gives us a solid rock and solid comfort during this time that things are scared and keep going back to it. And this is like a family verse, a memory verse that we that is our rock during this time. 
So I think in this season, we're going to be, you know, God has a purpose in this season. It is a, this is a bitter season for many of us economically or, you know, um, physically, emotionally. It is a bitter season, but God is using it for a good purpose and we can find what that is. And if we do it well, we can shepherd our children to also grow in this season because it may be better for them too. I know Quest, she she's not allowed to bring her favorite blanket to um, daycare because they've kind of outlawed those things. And um, that's, that's really tough for her. So how do you get through? That's a little, you know, a big part in her little world. How do you guide your children through those things that are big for them that's shaking the foundation of their fragile world to show them that the rock to stand on is God's word and who he is, that he is righteous, he is holy, he is good to us, and his His purpose in coronavirus, we may not know, but we can stand firm that it is good for us. Yeah, one of the challenges, Brando, before you shared real quick, that I see with some of, like you said, those claiming to have wisdom but don't, and then us trying to communicate to our kids that, Yes, the Lord rescues us from all of these things, and nothing can separate us from Christ. But at the same time, all these things um, are there in our lives, too. And so the false hope is uh, we we tell the virus to leave, and we think it leaves. Or we're not going to listen to negativity, or we're already... Because we're saved, we we proclaim these other these other things around us that Scripture doesn't give us the freedom to do. So, like that nuance of like, yes, the Lord rescues us from all of these things, but not always in the present. And so, just walking through that with our kids as well. Yeah, it's like uh, that Scripture in Romans: "What shall separate us from the love of Christ?" All the list of of things, affliction and distress, persecution, they're going to happen. That's implied in the text, but they don't separate us from the love of Christ. I, I think uh, for me, as I'm reading through the scripture, um, trying to grasp this, um, I go back to having a big view of God. Like you're, you're talking about God as our rock. I think what concerns me is is a is there a lot of people who are claiming they've got wisdom from the Lord and uh, they're not claiming that you know he's gonna heal everybody and he's you know we need to speak to this disease and all that stuff but they may be saying something like well you know God doesn't have anything to do with this coronavirus um, you know this is just kind of a fluke thing mm-hmm. um, and God's going to, he's going to do something with it and kind of, he's got, he's going to figure out a way to turn it for good. Um, I think that that's not comforting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and I don't think that's the comfort that, that God gives us in the scripture that God's got, he's doing the best he can with the hands he's been dealt. And, uh, but you know, because there are a lot of things that can catch God by surprise that'll kill me really quick before he can do anything about it. Um, but I think when I look in the scripture, you know, Isaiah 45, 7 says, God says, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being 
and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Mike drop. And you know, God is the one who I like what you said to your daughter quest. Um, asked you, you know, you guys are talking about it in the car and you tell her, did you know that God created coronavirus? And it's good that she knows. Yeah. He created everything. And that's, um, that's the truth. Like God created this thing. And if he didn't create it, there's somebody rogue (laughs) with some immense power of creation that we should probably worry about. Um, but God says he's the one that does these things. Lamentations 3.38, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? Um, God is in charge of this world. He's a big God. He can be our rock because he is in charge. If he was not in charge and in control of all these things, he couldn't be a rock for us to stand on. He would be just as shifting as everything else. Um, and just like you also said to quest, um, that God has a purpose in this and we can trust that, um, because we know that he is, he is working in it and he is behind it. Um, I was super encouraged, um, dropping a recommendation in the middle of zoom out Bible time, but check out John Piper's new book, coronavirus in Christ. It's so good. Bible saturated. Uh, meditations on on these things and he quoted the scripture first thessalonians 5 9 says for god has not destined us for wrath but to obtain salvation through the lord jesus christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we might live for, with him um and that is god's in control of all things he creates calamity but for those of us who are in christ Wrath is not what he's doing for us. Coronavirus is something that he is doing in the world for some reason. But for those of us in Christ, it's not wrath towards us. Um, In Genesis 50, Joseph's talking to his brothers who did great evil against him. And he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um, The darkest day in all of history when Christ, the Son of the Most High, was murdered wrongly. Um, the Apostle Peter com- comments on it, and filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, the leaders of the Jews and the the Gentiles conspired together to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. And I think that's the rock, that the darkest things in history, the darkest day ever, was the murder of Jesus Christ that brought about the greatest thing in history. And if we can trust God to be working great grace and great, beautiful things in the midst of the darkest, worst thing, the death of his son, then we can trust him to bring about good in this thing. That's dark. That's a great word. Amen. That's good. Two mic, two mic drops, Brando.
Fernando, that was that was a great summation of everything. I think that leads us to think about um, you know going forward. What are the 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 conversations and actions we need to take in light of that um, with our kids to help give them comfort, to help guide them. Matt, I think you suggested earlier that you were wanting to, out of this conversation, have a family verse and just have something to just go back to routinely through this. And boy, that, that would be pretty powerful for, I think, all of us dads to just make a focus um, and just maintaining that high view of God. I'll be honest, it's, yeah, it's tempting to just kind of want to minimalize or uh, move quickly past the bad things, negative things, and just try to not associate God with those. But uh, having that high view of God, I want my children to have that high view of God and understanding that I love what you guys described. He's not just just driving up and seeing it going on and thinking, oh, what can I do now? He's the orchestrator and he is, he is there. And so we want our kids to know that and that they can trust the one who's in charge. And he's not just in charge, but he's, he is all loving in his power and knowledge. And he's all good in his um, sovereignty and decision-making. So that's just the beautiful nature of God. So for us, you know, in application, I think that's what it's going to look like is having some, some verses that we, uh, saturate uh, in every day, and then also in our prayer um, prayer life with Lucas, that we're praying for those who are hurting, that he understands that we need to be compassionate towards those who are hurting, even if we presently might not be. Um, and then, of course, our, our 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 hope always is that people would come to know Christ um, before the great day of His return, and so those who are hurting, uh, who do not know him, need him in a desperate and urgent way. I had a couple of thoughts on when we're having specific conversations with our kids. Um, just be mindful of not responding um, the way that the world does because we're not of it. Um, I highly recommend, along with Brando, John Piper's book, and it's also audiobook. If you want to hear John Piper himself read it, it's pretty fun. Um, I'll include a link to it in the show notes below. It's all free. It is free, yes. So one, he is a solid rock. We need to remember that. His word is what provides that solid rock for us. The world is fragile, and the virus proves that, but the virus is not in control. God is. Also, faith will grow from this, and our bravery, in spite of the environment, is the fruit. So show this to your children, our bravery and our courage in the midst of this. Um, Our faith in our rock shows us that nothing can separate us from the love of God and coronavirus is included in that. So Mm -hmm. we should be encouraging and brave um, in the midst of the fear and anxiety. The third thing is to remember he's not turning this into good. He's not repurposing this bad thing for good. No, nothing happens apart from God's decree. He has a perfect and good purpose for COVID-19. It's a purpose that's stronger than the flesh, the world, and the devil. And by faith, we can see it and hold on to it. And what is the purpose? You know, we don't know. We're probably going to see small parts of it from our our own world and our own um, organizations and environments and things. But we 
we don't know, but we can rest in God's goodness and his holiness. So Psalm 31 reminds us, it's 3119, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. In the presence of everyone, you have acted for those who take refuge in you. And I think the last thing to remember is Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. That includes yours truly. We ain't got nothing wise to say in these times. (laughs) Our words should be a reflection of God's words. And we should be role modeling our faith and assurance that God's good and righteous purpose in the coronavirus and all the economic effects are in fact good and be pointing back to God's words and his wisdom, not ours. Love it. Amen. Love it. All right, can't let it go. Um, this is the part where we're hopefully, you know, we're going to talk about anything that's on our minds. And for one, I do not have something that's coronavirus related. I want to talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> I've been waiting for this half of my life. So I grew up and have so many fond memories of Final Fantasy VII. Um, I have wasted, yes, wasted, but also very much enjoyed um, hundreds and hundreds of hours in my childhood playing Final Fantasy VII. Um, I'm pretty sure the characters in that game were my parents and they helped raise me. (laughs) Um, Same. (laughs) Yeah. But I loved, loved that game growing up. And there is now finally a remake that's on a, on PlayStation 4, which I don't have. I don't even have a computer that could potentially even get close to playing it. Um, but I am vicariously... I just read articles about it and look at screenshots and just yeah. hope. Okay, and, hear me out. Just, hear me out. I curiously <laughs> hear me out. The stimulus, the stimulus amount should be coming to you guys soon. <laughs> I would guess for around three hundred dollars, you could get the system and the game, and then you can enjoy it for hundreds he's of not, more hours. He's not wrong, Matt. He's not wrong. Yeah, you know, we got a point. I'll have to consider that. <laughs> But, you know, that I, I probably won't. I mean, I'm just in a different stage of life where yeah. spending hundreds of hours playing a role-playing game while it would be fun is just not value-added or productive in my life. And, you know, it's just those are some of those things that you look fond, have fond memories of it back in the nostalgic days of childhood. But, you know, we're dads now. This The, the new adventure, the new role-playing game is being a parent and navigating and stumbling through this life as husbands and dads that's a lot more exciting and a lot crazier no <laughs> agreed yeah some dads still make a little bit of time for that though they do yeah hey i'm not gonna lie i've been playing a harry potter game on my ipad lately so you know nice. <laughs> it's all right i'm not saying games are wrong by any means but I do That's think uh, if I started playing it, I would take it to the wrong <laughs> route, which would be neglecting family, neglecting yeah, yeah. work, and just spending yeah. hundreds of hours trying to develop a character. Sure, sure. 
And whenever I get to well, heaven, I'm... Jesus is not going to say, well done, my good and faithful playing PlayStation servant. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you guys because I never did the Final Fantasy stuff. I, I was a Nintendo junkie when I was really little, and then Halo when I whenever the newer systems came out, so... I just never did the Final Fantasy stuff, but I had friends who did when you're taught like the time frame of when you're referring to and man they were just they were nuts over it. So I hear you. Yeah. Um for me Can't Let It Go is interesting. I've I've come to realize that I'm kind of insecure um on on online. So like I'll just not post things because I'd just rather log on and have happy feelings and not get stressed out for people disagreeing with me. But um, I'm just kind of overwhelmed right now and uh, because everybody's an expert. And so it's just like crazy right now. Everyone's an expert, which I believe if everyone's an expert, then it just kind of means nobody's an expert. Everybody just seems to say, I got the final word. And then you just don't know who really does have the final word. And even – even uh, opinions shared in a non-combative way just uh, become so combative nowadays. And it's just crazy how, how it is. And so it's kind of a lose-lose situation. It's a good situation for, for people who are controversial and love to fight. I mean, they don't have to go uh, far at all anymore. They didn't, they didn't have to go very far before, but now it's just so much easier. But for those just trying to kind of wade the waters of objectivity and try to stay peaceful. It's just really hard. I've, I've, I've had to unfollow quite a few people just because of the things that, that are just being shared and posted. We talked a little bit about uh, people claiming to be wise and all of that. And so I've the sensationalism, the conspiracy theories, I'm, I'm just kind of tired with all of that. So my can't let it go is something I'm trying to let go, but I can't. It's just everywhere. So maybe it means I just need to uh, lay off Facebook and Twitter, and that's that's probably what I need to do, just uh, get on there less and less. But, um, yeah, I just wish that there was more level-headedness. And I, I know that there is. I know they're out there, but they kind of get shoved to the side by all the new experts everywhere. I pretty much just use Facebook for memes. I just nice, nice. <laughs> I use I used Facebook.com for all of my news. <laughs> it's the best source. Have you guys heard of Facebook.com? Yeah, Facebook.com. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Have you been on the Facebook? www.facebook.com. I've been on there. You can't forget the W's. <laughs> so my can't let it go is somewhat related to all of these things as well. Um, still in the same ballpark, but uh, in the same way we talk about um, viewing how God is and how he relates to coronavirus and how we can understand those things rightly. It helps us have a rock under our feet. Like I also think, the discussion of end times and eschatology is being thrown around a lot right now. And um, I don't want to alienate anybody in our audience. So I'm just going to put out 
I just think the way we view our the end times is going to affect how we feel about what's going on around us right now. And I think um, there is uh, I. I'm in I'm in a lot of conversations with people right now, especially with my wife, uh, who's having conversations with other people right now, because um, she's way more social than me. But uh, and and there's just a constant theme. Like there's this fear. I'm having, like you said, Cameron. I'm having Facebook discussions with people um, about end times, and like people are asking, is this microchip they're talking about going to be the mark of the beast. And, and, uh, and it's a, it's a fearful thing. And, and I think the reason why I can't let it go and why I care is I, 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 I'm sure there's a part of me in the flesh. that's like, I just want to be right. And everybody else be wrong. Cause I like being right. But the, there's a, another part of me that's like, I don't want people living in fear when I don't think they need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can go into a whole, conversation about eschatology at some other point but my that views would, that would be fun yeah my views on eschatology are such that i don't think we need to be in fear of this mm-hmm. like i don't think god has told us in his word that everything's going to get worse and worse and that this is the beginning of the end and uh that we should be afraid of a microchip and we should be afraid of the new world order and, and all of those things. Like we can have legitimate concerns about liberties being infringed upon and dangerous precedents in our government and things sure. like that. And not think it's the beginning of the great tribulation. Uh, yeah, that's good. And I just want people. So I've been reading some books uh, and kind of studying the scripture, um, trying to kind of come to a good solid place where I can help teach from uh, and you know, it's just that's my can't let it go in times. What's yeah. going to happen, and is this part of it? I was just going to say that echoes back to the verse that's really kind of central and regrounds each podcast, which is Romans eight fifteen. You did not re- receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a really important part that we need to hold on to is. There's fears right now. It's coming at us from many different angles, and the devil's going to use that as mm-hmm. much as he can and grab onto things that sound like they're biblical and churchy, but to just get us into that spirit of fear again. Right. But no, <laughs> we have a spirit of adoption. We cry out, Abba, Father, help us. Right. Give us that right. rock. Give us that foundation so that that fear doesn't get to us. Right. That's great. That's good. Congratulations, guys. You have made it again to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can connect with a like-minded community at facebook.com slash Podcast. Also, take 30 seconds to rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. If you find yourself applying or sharing anything we discussed today, share the source to others so that they can join in the conversation. And just as we said, remember Dad's 815, Romans 815, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That's fear of death, fear of suffering, fear of rejection, fear of a virus, fear of sickness, fear of the world. You are not a slave to those things. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See you guys next time.